What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is Tuesday, October 22nd. Show number eight now. Man, moving across these weeks quickly. All right, we got our sports rundown, followed by our interview with our second ever guest. Then we go into our wing review, talk about go to the week, Loris trivia, and then finish off with questions from the fans as usual. That sports Loris rundown. Men's soccer won 4-0. Women's soccer won 1-0. It was that was both over Simpson. Men's swim won their first dual meet. Yeah. Women's swimmer Nina Shiro was ARC athlete of the week. So we definitely showed out uh, this weekend uh, for Loris Duhawks. You can check out duhawks.com for all those recaps. Congrats on the first win, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. How's it feel? Feels good. And the women tied, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's rare to have a tie in swimming. But uh, I think on paper, I had us calculated to actually lose by a few points. But So we out we outswam what we were expected to do. So I'm pretty happy with that. That's good. And now we're going to head over to our interview. Again, we have our special guest, Barbara Vega, on. She's the women's lacrosse coach. Uh, she is in the start of her third season here at Loris. Barb graduated from Augustana College, uh, where her team won three conference titles. Her team made it to the national tournament three times. And as a coach here, she's matched program win total in the last two seasons. Welcome on, Barb. Thanks for having me. All right, so just like our last guest, we're just going to rattle off some questions and uh, go from there. So kind of get started, why did you become a coach? Um, So I was actually working in sales uh, in Chicago for a while. And right out of college, I didn't even think about becoming a coach but I was coaching high school um, for my old team and decided to make a jump because I hated my job back in Chicago and thought, why not? So I just started applying like crazy to a bunch of different schools and um, a couple of my friends went to Loris, so came to interview and really loved it. So kind of jumped right in. Yeah, and we were talking off air and you were telling me you came in in September, which is after the school year already starts. So how crazy was that for you? It was really tough. Um, some of the players that had been recruited by the previous coach, they had no idea that we had gotten a new coach. So it oh, was wow. uh, a little bit of drama in the beginning, but um, we adjusted pretty quickly, which is nice. It was really tough to start so late, though. What in your playing career has helped you kind of bring in some different strategies or how you kind of coach? Like, what's kind of helped you develop your coaching style? Mm. Um, so looking back on my, like, playing years, I think that we were so successful because we worked so hard. I mean, yeah, we had talent on the team, but all in all, like, we were all on the same page that if we had to do two-a-days on our own time like that's what we were going to do to become successful so that's kind of what I preach to my players is if you're not working hard you can't expect to be a top team and you when you were on the team were a part of a group that all held each other accountable would you say that that was the case probably yeah for sure I mean we were the first year program so 
my class started the program and I mean realistically we shouldn't have been good I mean if you're looking at a first year program they're struggling quite a bit but we kind of hit the ground running and if you saw somebody doing extra work after practice that kind of forced you to you know get into the weight room a little bit more or go on like an extra run so that was just kind of the mentality we had yeah and I just asked that because it seems to be like the common denominator with successful teams especially at the division three levels that they ha they end up with a team that all is 100% bought in and they're all on the same page and they're going to hold their teammates accountable uh, like let's say someone's off task one day, their teammates are going to be there to hold them accountable. That seems to be the case uh, from people that I've talked to, coaches, and with successful teams in the past at least. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a, a good point. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan, who's the number one team in the, in the nation for golf, their head coach doesn't even host practices. They literally, it's all player ran, wow. and, I mean, they hold each other accountable. Uh, they run their own practices, and it's crazy to see how far they've come. So, I mean, the accountability uh, from my side of watching it firsthand, uh, it, I mean, it's about the team buying in. So, Another question, uh, who was a big help to you when you first got here to campus? Oh, man. You know what? I'd have to say Ashley Winter um, for softball. So when I first got here, I actually didn't have an office. Um, they were like searching everywhere. They had no idea where they were going to put me. So for a couple of weeks, I actually shared Ashley's desk. So <laughs> Ashley was on one side and then I had like a little corner of desk on the opposite side. Um, and so she was a really big help. Like she even invited me over for dinner one night and she invited a couple of her alumni so that I can meet new people. Um, so that was a huge factor in like getting me settled in at what point in time did you move next door <laughs> um it was honestly so it was the swim coach and then in my current office was the assistant baseball coach mm. and so they were working to get the assistant baseball coach into t-bond's office so i came in one morning after a couple of weeks of being there and my that office was empty, and so I swooped right in. But it <laughs> nice, was nice. <laughs> it was an interesting process. I saw Denise and uh, Rothert like walking around Graber, like poking into all the closets and stuff. Like, oh well, I don't know where we can put her. <laughs> so that's funny. My first like memory of Barb was in my interview process, and I handed out like the like our practice schedule, and she goes, hmm, drill under the armpit. Sounds like <laughs> something I can do. Just put a towel under the armpit. Seems pretty simple. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so Barb was part of your interview? Yeah, the coach's part. Gotcha. Barb, you were not in mine. Yeah, I must have been busy <laughs> that <Wow>. day. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you. So lacrosse is a very – still a sport that's kind of on the rise. How did you first – or maybe what was your first experience with lacrosse, or, and how did you get involved? Like, was it pre-high school, or was it in high school? How'd you, how'd you start? I didn't have any opportunities pre-high school to play lacrosse. There was really no youth programs available. Um, but men's lacrosse grew faster and sooner than women's lacrosse. So my brother played in high school, so I would go to his games before I got to high school, and we had a club team and 
I don't know. I wasn't really like glued to a certain sport. Like I played softball, I played basketball, but wasn't like that good. <laughs> was so there was a point like in high school that we were like, I could play lacrosse at the collegiate level and I want to play lacrosse at the collegiate level? I honestly never really thought about it. Like I didn't seek out programs in terms of recruiting. Like I talked to my Augustana coach and then I went to go to Carthage to look at that school. Um, it just kind of like happened, I guess. But I was looking at state schools too, just to like go and be a student. Mm -hmm. So it kind of fell into my lap a little bit. So but kind of bouncing off that, what is with women's lacrosse and like kind of lacrosse in general finally kind of starting to take off in the Midwest? What have you seen been like the biggest like benefactor or like biggest help to growing that sport? Um, or also what else can be done to help grow it more? I think just at the high school level, gaining more programs. So right now, every college wants to add women's lacrosse because it's going to help with enrollment. Um, but high school isn't growing as fast. So like the pool of girls isn't getting any bigger, but the colleges are growing. So I don't know. It's tough. I mean, there have been a lot of programs that add but then at that point, you have to look at the long-term game because some of those girls don't even want to look at playing in college. Like, it's just kind of an after-school activity. So it is cool to see it. When looking at, like, recruiting, I mean, I don't know how much if you want to, like, give away your secrets. But, like, <laughs> is there certain areas that maybe you tend to focus on in recruiting, like, location-wise? I, mean, I mean, I know, like, the East Coast is very strong in lacrosse, but, like, do you focus in recruiting over there, or do you still stick to, like, Midwest strictly? So I try to reach out to East Coast girls. Um, that's obviously going to be a lot more competitive. And honestly, if you're looking at the Midwest, it's super competitive because you have so many schools in the Chicagoland area that they're getting swooped up so fast. Um, so honestly, my goal has been to go outside of the Midwest. So I've got a girl from Georgia this year. I've got California, Michigan. So I've just been contacting everybody outside of the Midwest to make sure that I have the biggest pool possible. Makes sense, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. What's, uh, what's one big thing that kind of sticks out to you about the Loris culture that's different from other universities? <laughs> oh, it, honestly, it shocked me when I first got here. I mean, I loved my college. I loved Augustana. But I didn't realize like how low our alumni base really was. <laughs> mm. I mean, when I came to Loris, there were so many alumni that I ran into that wanted to talk about Loris or that wanted to tell me that they knew somebody that went to Loris. Like if I'm traveling, I'm bound to run into somebody that went to Loris or knew somebody that went to Loris. I mean, it's crazy how many people want to talk about it. And I never really got that at Augustana. So it's just really nice to see how many people are actually following the school for how small it is. Yeah, and that was one thing I noticed when I even just visited here the first time was how many people that either went to Loris or were from Dubuque that stay around after they graduate, and I always think that's a really good sign. So uh, that's something I was like, okay, well, this must be a place that people really enjoy staying or visiting or et cetera. And then one more thing, what advice do you give to either freshmen or coming incoming students 
or potential recruits? Um, I would just say that, like, the freshman year can be pretty tough. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs that come with being a freshman, and I don't think that that's voiced very often. So, like, you're going to have your good days and your bad days, but you kind of have to stick it out and keep participating in different events and, you know, join different clubs and see what's going to be a good fit for you. If you have one bad experience, you can't let it deter you from being at Loris all four years. I think a lot of students kind of um, jump the gun a little bit and they're like, well, Loris isn't the place for me, so I'm going to look elsewhere. I think that you kind of have to go through those bad days to get to the good ones. Yeah, that's a very good point, especially if you're in a spring sport like you are where they have to go majority of the year without having to do their sport. Yeah. So they don't get a chance to really blossom yet under your supervision, um, officially anyway. All right, so let's dive into that wing review. All right, so wing review this week. We went over to KFC, formerly known as Kentucky Fried Chicken, which I don't think they go by that name anymore. Really? Um, we did. We tried their limited time only bone-in <laughs> wings. All right. Shout out to Brian Nugent that wanted us to go and try out those wings. Yep. Barb, hey. go ahead. Lead us off. Well, hold on. Let me give out the scores here. <laughs> scores. Me, 4.4. Cole, 5.2. Trent, 3.9. <laughs> Barb, 5.5. Jim, 5.0. O'Brien Nugent, 4.7. For an average of 4.78. Lowest, easily the lowest <laughs> average so far. Let's dive into it. It was tough for me because this is my first wing review, so I really didn't have anything to go off of. Um, but I was really disappointed with the sauce. I liked the taste of it, but they kind of just drizzled it on versus like evenly spreading it. And then it was super flaky. The like the, the breading, the breading was just like falling all over. <laughs> yeah, true. So I don't know. True. It was it very was sloppy. The, it wasn't the worst wing I've ever had, though. I mean, yeah. it might have been the worst. It wing was close. <laughs> I mean, it was very close. Jim, to my worst. Jim's had a good point. He said that it's like they took their chicken nuggets and then just shoved bones in there. <laughs> I did. I took a bite of one, and I literally realized after a second I was chewing out a bone because it like <laughs> fell off, like out of the chicken. Yeah, I, I agree with Barb's point. They, I looked at my wing, and I, I ordered honey barbecue, and literally half of it was covered in a little bit of drizzled honey barbecue sauce. The other half, nothing. So <laughs> I could turn the, the wing over and take a bite and have no flavor, and then turn the other bite over and have a, a decent-tasting honey barbecue bite. But for the most part, too much breading, fell apart, just kind of gross wing. I didn't like yeah, it. definitely not like the pictures that they kind of have advertised. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the wing, it was just was not that good. Um, I can't imagine why. I'm surprised that Trent even took a bite after even looking at it. At the we breading. did not eat it all. That is, yeah. that that is correct. We left like five or six wings just sitting at the table. Also way overpriced. Yeah. Way overpriced. I think I got six wings for... Five bucks. No, seven bucks. No, I think it was five. It was five. Oh, man, I got ripped off that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the honey barbecue was extra. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I think I that might have been the first wing where, like, if you had a party and, like, had wings, I would not eat that. Partake. <laughs> like, I was, I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. They kind of <laughs> did look like, uh, they almost looked like they were boneless. Yeah. So you could easily, if you were at a party, grab those and just start <laughs> chomping <laughs> and then choke. Overall, not good. Cole, would you say that they 
fell off the bunk? No. I, even, <laughs> I think I didn't even it think did it did a little. Off the Mine, bunk I did a little not bit. necessarily. Like I even looked at one at Nick and I was like, yeah, I mean, I got to look back at this and I was like, there's a lot of meat left there. True. So but. sorry you had to join us for this. One. <laughs> this is well, a rough one. Maybe next time you come on the podcast, we'll have a better one. I told Cole I wanted <laughs> I to know. beat Hilltop, and yeah. then he told me today that we we're going to KFC. <laughs> well, it was the limited time only that got us. Yeah, good advertisement right there. <laughs> yeah, they might be limited time for. <laughs> yeah, not because they're sold out, but <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Next time you could pick. <laughs> All right, so that brings not us into KFC. our next section, which is go to the week. So this week. Since Barb's our guest, we're going to debate women's NCAA lacrosse players. Who's the GOAT? All right, I'll start us off. Mine is Kylie Olmiller from Stony Brook. Let me rattle off some stats here. 498 career points, NCAA record. 164 points in one season, NCAA record. 86 assists in one season, NCAA record. 246 career assists, NCAA record. While she was on the team from 2017 to 2019, 29 straight regular season wins. Boom. Top it. Okay. Um, when, when you think of uh, your Mount Rushmore and you're looking at different things, um, previously, uh, Jen Adams, she was the previous NCAA tournament player or record holder for most career points before it got broken. Uh, she was named NCAA Tournament Player of the Year twice. Her team won three national titles when she was there. Mm. She was also twice, again, named that Tournament Player of the Year. So in, within that tournament, twice she was named the best player. Uh, she was also, again, a three-time national champ. And she's in the NCAA Athletic Hall of Fame. Yeah, so this is one of those debates that um, that was kind of the opposite of last week where we were on other ends where I was arguing the team championship matters and you were arguing individual and now I'm arguing individual over the team. But three consec was it three consecutive NCAA it, titles? It was. It was nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand. Uh, okay. What happened in two thousand one? Who she failed her senior year, maybe. It might have been her freshman year that they did. Yeah. Win. One of the two. But either way, I mean, yeah, it's a tough call because they played in two different eras. Again, seems to be a theme that that right but you also got to think if you look at stony brooks kind of like team versus maryland they're more spread out there's more less points that she could necessarily kind of partake in goal wise if she was if you want to go strictly points then she might not have been like a team player she might have just been pretty selfish who kylie yeah well they went undefeated right they went undefeated so they just just share the ball well, but points includes assists. Assists, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, and she NCAA record in assists. Okay. So, I don't know. Get out of here with All that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to back that up. Well, what um, do you got, Barb? So, you guys chose uh, younger athletes. Yeah. But I have to stick with Kelly Amante. So, she played at University of Maryland, but she's most well known for her time at Northwestern. So, she's been the head coach of Northwestern for. Um, 19 years. Okay. And her record there is 196 and 30. So, Jeez. like, as a coach, she's pretty well-decorated. She, I think she's got 10 conference championships, seven national championships. She's the most winningest coach in NCAA for women's lacrosse. But then even if you look at her as a player, she played lacrosse and soccer. She was a four-time... All-American for lacrosse. Um, Defensive player of the year. 
ranked second in all-time collegiate assists, played on two undefeated national championship teams, mm. and then she was also a member of the U.S. World Cup team and then head coach of four NCAA championship lacrosse teams. Yeah, I mean, so that, that is hard to argue. <laughs> That's solid hard to argue athlete, against. I guess. Right. I mean, but it, it's also kind of tough she, with her choosing, I mean, a defender, less opportunity to score like points. So the assist is uh, a pretty cool target there. Um, she clearly has great leadership ability. Right. Uh, great coach. She kind of yeah. threw a curveball at me when she led with her coaching stats and then <laughs> dove back into her playing stats. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I this is this actually might be the first time I admit that Kylie might not be the goat. That my person <laughs> is not actually the goat. She could be though in the future. She's done playing yeah. now. She's done. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. But I don't she know. could match Cole's uh, NCAA Hall of Fame though. Yeah, potentially. Like, could, yeah. I mean, obviously you can't. Isn't it there? It, usually, there's like a minimum. Like, you have to be years. graduated by yeah. like five or ten years. So, mm-hmm. you never know. I think Kelly Amante, when you're looking at women's lacrosse, if you play women's lacrosse and you say Kelly Amante, you pretty much know who she is. So she's mm-hmm. just a big name for the sport in general. The sport itself, like, when did it become officially NCAA, like, sanctioned? Do you know? Ooh, I don't know. Um, but it's relatively young compared to a lot of other yeah. sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely started East Coast. Because like Stony Brook, University of Maryland, even Princeton, when you're looking at Division Three, like Trinity, mm. um, those are going to be like top teams. Um, and then it kind of moves its way west. So it's definitely still growing, but it's, I mean, like it's an old sport. Well, so, right, the sport in general is old, but yeah, NCAA it's, sport, it's pretty young. Yeah to a lot so there still could be room for a lot of other goats to develop is mm-hmm. kind of my my point and i mean right now if we were to have it i guess barb kind of wins with the pioneer aspect too mm-hmm. uh, kind of one that kind of laid the land a little bit uh and kind of paved the way for women's lacrosse in general um i'm agreeing with you this might be the first time that i admit defeat <laughs> doesn't really happen very often um but I'm going to do some more research. And yeah, next time that Barb is on here, <laughs> not I'm as familiar it. with. Yeah. Um, but again, listeners out there, decide for yourself and um, go support lacrosse. Let's get it going at the Amen. high school. When's your, when's your first game? So <laughs> first game is February 29th in the Rock Bowl. There we yeah, go. because I'm actually in the Rock Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've right. actually there had that be... before. My first year, we had a game in February and had to push it back. So. I think, yeah, I remember that. I mean, there could be like a foot of snow on the ground. Yes. yes. <laughs> Going to Graber. And <laughs> not fluffy snow. It's going to be like <laughs> no, icy, yeah. Great. thick snow. That's uh, my biggest challenge. <laughs> So that brings us to our next uh, section, which is Loris Trivia. And once again, we are going to run through some old trivia and see uh, see where Barb's at. So since Barb is an avid listener, she should know all of these answers, if not most of them. Um, all right, first one. Who is slash was the longest and youngest standing president at Loris College? Uh, who is Jim Collins? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> bing, bing. <laughs> all right. Uh, what is the name of the camp that holds over 2,400 kids over the summer on campus? What is Loris All Sports Camp? Correct. <laughs> um, let's see. How many sports does Loris have? 24. Dang. 
TJ lost that Cruising. one. TJ was off that one. All right, this is a good one. What is the oldest building on campus? Um, it's oh. Hennessy. Oh, yeah. That's right. First hesitation. You were, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were not Sometimes get I one. get Hennessy and what's the one with the theater? Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. Sometimes I have to think about those two. Okay. Uh, who is the famous CBS broadcaster that graduated from Morris? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, is his name Chip? Nope. <laughs> nope. Ooh. You know what? That's the one I'm a little iffy about. Greg Gumble. Greg Gumble. Yeah. Do you know what he majored in? Journalism. Nope. No. English. Yep. English. Hey, there you go. go. She was listening on that one. Not, <laughs> not many people know that. Yep. All right. What is the percentage of incoming students that receive institutional financial aid? 100%. There you mm-hmm. go. Go Duhawks. Go Duhawks. <laughs> this one, so... I thought we asked this question, but maybe we didn't. But we definitely asked it for TJ. So if you listen to TJ's interview, I know it was the first. It was a curveball. I'd have to say the average amount of hours every year that Laura students participate in service. It was so high. I was <laughs> honestly shocked. Um, gosh, what did you say? It was like upwards of eighty thousand, wasn't it? Eighty thousand. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shout I mean, out Barb for listening She is on top of it. But All yeah, right. I was really shocked. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of hours. That's a long time. What is that per student? I don't know. That's crazy. We'll, have to do, we'll do the math. <laughs> <laughs> or if you could do the math and send it to us <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we don't have to Please do the math. Do. All right, last one. Can you sing the Lord's Fight song? Um, or a few, a few lines. All hail... All hail Loris... All hail varsity. Hail Loris varsity. Hail Loris varsity. It's okay. Cold doesn't. <laughs> I know, the third, I know the third line, which is onward to victory. I keep skipping the second line. I know. What is the second line? Cheer them along the way. Uh, cheer, them cheer them along the way. Along onward the way. to victory. We're going to win today. We will win this day today. <sighs> we will win this day today. We're close. We're getting there. You're getting piece there. By piece. We're working. Yeah, we're, we're working, working step by step. Yeah. But line by line. It's honestly not that long. No, so it's not, not long at all. Thanks, Barb. Thanks for making us feel bad. I mean, I asked you guys what, like three weeks ago? Yeah, A lot of, hey, been busy. <laughs> Your season's done now. You should be. I know, I'm on the enough. road. I should be just listening to it through the. <laughs> yeah, put it yeah. When you're, on the when you're just on recruiting, just put it in. Uh, put it on, put it on your car. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all we have. Yeah. But Thanks for coming on, Barb. Maybe should I ask her a new one? Yeah, come let's, up with it. Let's ask her a new one. Um. All right. Ooh, this is a good one. Oh I don't know. <laughs> Cole should know this, but I don't know if he, if oh. he will. <laughs> Who was the men's and women's golf coach in 2005? Oh, yeah, I do know this. In 2005. Oh, I know. I think I know this. Um, was it Denise? It was. It was Denise. Yep. Okay, because I know that Dan Mulligan uh, coached for a little yeah. bit, mm-hmm. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, Denise. You did know that. I was yep. good. I, I did know that. I thought I could stump you on that. No. But Denise. <laughs> but till next time, maybe we'll... Uh, Yep, gets more in there. Yep, Barb, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for all the help that you uh, gave myself when I first got here. Uh, definitely made it pretty easy to move in and help him move those lockers Office and get them painted. <laughs> and helping him with the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very very impressed with your interview. Thank you. Hey. Yeah. There you go. I was like, has, oh. he, has he fulfilled his, his interview hype? I'd have to witness <laughs> him in um, coach mode, but... I am pretty, wow. like emotional when it gets out on the course like so you're, i'm are you crying 
No, pretty close. But like, <laughs> when I'm out there, like I'm definitely one of the most in- like more intense like coaches that are on a golf course. I mean, based off of when I saw you after your uh, UD meet, you were pretty hyped up. Oh, I mean, yeah. My senior year coach actually had a very emotional coaching strategy in the worst way possible. <laughs> like she thought she had one more timeout left in this one game and oh, they said no. no. And she, no joke, dropped to her knees and started sobbing. Oh no. I mean, you won't necessarily see that. It was brutal. <laughs> you just you imagine mean, watching Cole <laughs> drop to his knees and sob. On the 18th hole. <laughs> no. Uh, mine would probably be comfortable <laughs> experience. Yeah. Uh, mine would probably be like standing on a tee, like trying to win it. Maybe be like, all right, yep, absolutely, rip driver here. Let's get after it. Yeah, but I could just I see you like running to someone's bag and just grabbing the club and just hitting. It <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> where my intensity probably comes from is like a lot of people kind of like don't necessarily coach and kind of let let the players do their thing. I mean, if I have an opportunity to see a player and help them out, then, like, I, you'll see me run, like, to different places, like, get in a cart and, like, help out as much as possible. Hmm. But, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Barb. Mm-hmm. It was great having Barb on. Uh, she gave a nice, a lot of insight. Uh, again, she was one of those people that kind of helped me when I first got here. Uh, she's my neighbor to my office. Uh, never a dull moment in that back hallway. Yeah, it's funny. She's always in a great mood. I like seeing her every day. Uh, well, actually, I don't see her every day, but I do see her a lot because she's right by your office and in that hallway of offices. That's the closest to me. I'm kind of tucked away by the pool, but uh, I do like running into her. Um, the one thing I really agreed with what she said was how she talked about the student athletes staying patient in their first year, uh, how it's really a whole year experience that you have to to judge off of you can't just judge it off the first couple of weeks or the first couple of semester or the first semester uh rather because you see that a lot where you know it, it, there's so much change going on it, you're easy to be like wait loris might not be for me but really you just have to have a little bit more patience and it really will end up the place that you love um and so i totally agree with her on that and the thing that i learned the most from that interview was uh her talking about accountability uh, those programs mm-hmm. that hold each other accountable are the ones that are most mostly successful. So that's the biggest thing that I learned from that interview. Well, all right. That brings us to our final section, which is questions from the fans. All right. So this first question is for you, Cole. All right. Cole, what have you learned from your first season in the books? So, I mean, I've learned a lot kind of on both sides of things. Uh, a lot kind of has to go with, and I knew this kind of coming in, was the strength of schedule and kind of getting those guys uh, in the mood to say, like, hey, look, like, let's do this thing. And when I first kind of got hired on and in my interview process, I said, look, I'm listening, like, the harder you guys want to put in, the better you guys do, the better we'll play. Um, And I'm going to stick to my guns on saying that. Uh, They played well. They did everything that I asked of them. Uh, So now it's me sticking to my word and getting us in tournaments that – are going to be there and are going to be competitive. Uh, we're already in one. We're going to Illinois Wesleyan's uh, spring tournament. Uh, they're ranked number one in the country. See plenty of top 25 teams. So, I mean, that'll be a time for us to see where we're at uh, against some of the best competition. And then on both sides, just day in, day out uh, practice on staying, again, accountability uh, and building that leadership. I was fortunate enough to have two pretty good leaders on both sides. 
uh, that accountability and me keeping them motivated uh, is one thing is that honestly is the biggest key. The biggest thing that I learned is motivation. Uh, if they want to stay motivated, we're going to play better. If they don't want to be at the course, we're going to have a crappy practice. Mm. Uh, and it's not necessarily – it's difficult kind of for me because I'm always like I don't like wasting time. If I'm going to be somewhere, I got to do it. Um, so it does frustrate me a little bit to not necessarily be able to like kind of frustrates me like, hey, you're out here. Let's get to work. Um, and understanding that some people don't necessarily have the same motor, same drive right. that I did or do have still um, and finding different ways to be able to motivate is what I need to learn a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, would you say so for those of you that don't know uh, this, the golf season's actually broken up between two different seasons you have your spring and your fall and so you have the opportunity to make adjustments between seasons which is really nice um so that's something i know we've been talking about you're you're, th you're talking about potentially changing the weight program or just emphasizing it more now that you have uh l less time on the course right so i mean that's how i was kind of always gonna make my difference to the athletes that come in um i've told them that for the most part um athletes that come to me have a swing and unless things are going horribly, horribly wrong, the way that I'm going to make them better is mentally and physically. Um, mentally stronger. I mean, courses get a little bit tougher, a little bit longer. So working on that mental side of things, working on being smarter off the tee, hitting it to the right spots, and then physically. Um, I saw a lot of jump uh, in my game when I was in college by hitting the weights. I saw it help tremendously with multiple multiples of my teammates that were able to hit the weights and see their games get better. And you can see that way going in the PGA Tour. A lot of those guys are hitting the weights, making mm -hmm. the golf course shorter. I mean, they're almost talking that these guys are almost getting too strong for the golf ball, uh, that they're, the golf courses and their scores are so extremely low because they're hitting drivers straighter than ever, longer than ever. They're hitting wedges, and they're going 22, 23, 24 deep on some of these pro tournaments. And you're starting to see some of those guys buy into the weights now that the pros are doing it. All right, next question. Have you ever participated in Black Friday, and do you know of any crazy Black Friday stories? Um, the crazy, I guess, Black Friday story that I kind of know is um, one of my buddies was working at, like, a Best Buy on Black Friday, and one of his coworkers, like, literally, these people were crazy. As they opened the door, they literally stampeded over him and, like, stompled him to get into the deals at Best Buy. It was crazy. <laughs> and, like, they had no... Like, they, they gave no crap that he was literally getting stepped on. Like, everybody just kept going. It was crazy. Wow, what city was this in? This is in Bloomington Normal. Oh, okay. Okay. I went to a Black Friday one time. I went to a Target, and I was expecting it to be something crazy. And I think it was in my hometown. And I went in there. It was, like, no one in there. And it was, like, <laughs> decent deals. Not even that great. So I was, like, super disappointed. It's crazy. Have you seen people, like, camp out? Like, for, like, a day or, like, at least throughout the night, like, when they start doing the Yeah, deals? that's what I was expecting. But what maybe I don't, I don't know what. I, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. But it's, so, it's such a lame experience. I never did it again. I've never gone. I mean, I mean I've mean, i gone shopping on the Friday, but, like, the actual Friday, like, afternoon, not Thursday like, night. And now stores are opening up at, like, 4 o'clock on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving Day. Like, that is the last thing I want to be yeah. doing is I'd rather be eating a ton of food and sleeping on the couch. And watching the Lions win. <laughs> Except they play the Bears. And <laughs> we want the Bears to win. <laughs> All right, next one. What emojis uh, don't exist but you think should exist? 
Mm, yeah. This, I mean, this is one of those uh, topics where you'll think of one and then like an hour later you're going to be like, ah, I should have said this. Um, the one I can think of is like a scratching your head emoji. Like, a, like one eyebrow raised and scratching your head, like uh, I would use that a lot probably. I know there's the kind of like the thinking one with the hand on the chin, which is a similar vibe, but not quite what I'm trying to portray. Uh, two kind of came to mind. With me being kind of love America, uh, Uncle Sam, I want you. Uh, big fan of that. It's not out there. Um, and then my second one would be a Loris Duhok. Yeah, that would be epic if we could have a Loris Duhok in there. I think it'd be cool if you could, like, create your own. Like, I mean, obviously, artists uh, yeah. are good enough to, like, make their own art. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you could, like, design right. your own and, like, have, like, submit custom it. ones or, like, submit it, like, Snapchat filters and stuff like that, that'd oh, be sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it were at least vetted by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, obviously. Um, for me, I think it definitely needs, they need more animals and more food. <laughs> 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 um, but one, I like, I feel like I would use a lot, like the, you like slap your head, like the, like the, oh crap, like I just screwed up. Like that one. I feel like I would use that a lot. <laughs> yeah. With like something above the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like an exclamation point or something. <laughs> All right, and the last question, what was your worst job and why, and do you have any funny stories from it? So my worst job probably was when I was a beachfront supervisor at a county park, and <laughs> I did that for two summers. There were some fun parts. Like I, like I said, I had an off-road segue, and that was fun. I got to ride around the park in that. But in, for the most part, it was just me dealing with different people's problems all the time. So it was open to the public. And, um, it, it was just kind of an annoying job. Like, you know, somebody was, uh, you know, vandalizing the play structure and things like that. And I'd have to take care of it. But the one story I can think of, which was super crazy, not funny, but crazy is, um, there was somebody, deci someone decided to fish from a tree branch that was at least 20 feet high into the water. Of course, the tree branch snaps. He falls straight on his back. And I have to run over there and, like, keep his head in place while the ambulance come. And they took him away on a stretcher, and I never found out what happened to him. But it was, like, a scary moment for sure. Because he was right by the water. Like, he landed on the edge of the water. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. It's not really a funny story, but... No, yeah. not funny at all. <laughs> not funny at all, but crazy. That's, yeah, that that's is That's really nuts. the crazy story I have from it. Don't climb on trees and fish. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Um... <sighs> I guess mine would one of them would be college for youth, um, which is like uh, in Bloomington they have like it's like a summer camp kind of where these kids get to go to different classes, uh, taught for by either I was in a, a TA kind of my like seventh grade basketball coach was teaching like a science class, and one of the like the name was kind of like sus not like suspicious but like it was kind of like was false advertising. So we had a bunch of these kids that were signed up for this class that <laughs> did not want to be <laughs> in that class. <laughs> so we had just some, like it was almost like a sports, like science class. And like the coach made it more like a, a science class. So you got a <laughs> bunch of these guys that are like kids that are like looking to do like sportsy stuff. And man, when we were just diving in with different <laughs> science stuff, they were so mad and they were just like, they just didn't pay any attention. Uh, so, I mean, that was definitely one that came to mind. And then 
I mean, working at a golf course um, and kind of a little bit more of an expensive golf course, the amount of people that like came in and blamed me for the prices and how high they were, like, are you kidding me? Like, the worst part is, is that people that have been there before and every time they'll come in and they'll keep saying the same thing. Yeah, my friend Jim, shout out Jim, uh, worked at a golf course a couple of summers and uh, he got attacked by birds. He was like <laughs> he was like mowing on the green and literally got swooped in by a, a flock of birds that were like pecking his head. And he's like, to this day, he has PTSD and doesn't <laughs> ever want to be around birds. I actually worked at a golf course for a couple of years um, and I may or may not have torn my ACL jumping out of the golf cart <laughs> oh my. which is never a good story but that i love that job but that yeah it's probably the worst story to come out of a job for me so um, what was your worst job i don't really think i've had a bad job i have another funny job story so i worked at a mexican restaurant um and i always worked on taco tuesday um as a busboy um and at like the end of my shift like i could go eat um, so I'd always go talk to the cooks and I'd be like, Hey, can I just get like three or four tacos? And every single time, I don't know if they did it on purpose or, or they were just messing with me or something. Cause they thought I was funny. They gave me like seven and eight tacos. Like <laughs> I got way too many tacos for what I asked for. Um, I mean, I wasn't mad about it, but <laughs> it was just, that's it great. always made me laugh. Uh, but that's all the questions we have. Um, don't forget to submit, uh, at Tuesdays WNC on Twitter. Or if you see us in person, you know, give us a question to talk about on air. Yeah, finish it off with quote of the week. A goal is a dream with a deadline. Yeah, I like that one. Um, but, Yen, thanks for listening in. Uh, Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. This is Cole signing out. Catch you next week.